Boy, can we just take a moment to thank God right now for how good he's been to us. That was a phenomenal time of worship. I love our worship team, how they guide our hearts, how they prepare our hearts for God's word. My name is Nate, wanna welcome you. And uh, Sam said it, uh, if you were listening during the communion time when he asked the question, uh, what is distracting you? And I gotta just honestly admit, I started kind of chuckling to myself because when I came into this room today, there was a bird flying all across this auditorium. And of course, I'm going, we're going to talk about, you know, rooting ourselves in a deeper yes in Jesus and eliminating the distractions and focusing in there. And I just had to laugh. I mean, this bird's just bolting all over the place during rehearsal. And then Sam goes, is there anything distracting you today? Yes, Lord, there is. And the good news is amongst all of the distractions, we come in with it this place today. I don't know what's maybe distracting you. Could be maybe some of the things in your life, maybe some of your de the decisions you've made or maybe some of the decisions people have made that now you have been impacted by. And that is why we're doing this series called Yes. Uh, 3,000 of you picked up this journal and don't worry if you missed out on our website, mynorthside.com. Uh, you can download it for free. There's a PDF there. We encourage you to grab a journal to write your answers. There's a, a, a section on there for students, for kids. We want families talking about this. And, and what the whole series of yes is, is too oftentimes Christians just get known for what we say no to. And maybe for us, we just go, you know what? All we're about is just saying no. When Jesus actually came and his life was a yes, it was yes to the grace of God. It was yes to the outsider who was looking for a second chance. It was yes to those who found themselves at a dead end and no way of rescuing themselves. And what we talked about last weekend as we kicked off this series was this, we need to root our no. When we say no to things in life, we need to root our no in actually a deeper yes. That we have a God who is for us. We have a God who we can say yes to. And last week we looked in Mark chapter one where Mark is setting the stage for us. It's the first gospel and he just flies, man. He, he just takes off because what he's trying to get everybody to understand is this. He wants us to know what Jesus has said yes to. So we can root our yes in him. So you and I can make wise decisions. So you and I cannot live, we can live a life that's free from regret because we have said yes to him. And his yes is much bigger than anything we have planned. Last week, Mark said this, that when Jesus came, he said, repent because the kingdom of God is near. I have come near to you. And then he says, now follow me and I will make you fishers of men. What he's saying is this, I will tell you who you are and I will walk with you. And then not only that, I will give you your purpose in life. Did you know your purpose in life, my purpose in life? Yes, all of us in this room, we have gifting. We have traits of uh, that we've been made in the image of God. But our purpose, and it's our mission statement, is to help other people experience Jesus. It's to help other people walk in his ways. And Jesus says, I have a deeper yes for you. I have a better yes. I can't wait till next weekend uh, when we talk about an unexpected yes. Because what happens is when we start following Jesus and what we're gonna find in the book of Mark is this, Jesus starts saying yes to things that actually make people really mad. You know, this is why sometimes as Christians, you go, why is everybody mad at Christians? Well, man, we're just saying yes to the ways of Jesus. Jesus actually made all of the Pharisees mad. We're gonna, we're gonna talk about that next weekend because he had an unexpected yes. 
And next weekend, you're going to hear on video from an unexpected guest. And uh, this week, it was so, it's so neat uh, that God opened the door for this to happen. Uh, but this week, I got to go up and interview IU's head football coach, Tom Allen. Because Tom Allen has rooted his life in a deeper yes. And what you're going to hear next weekend is how God leads and shapes his life as he follows Jesus. And it is gonna, it's a phenomenal interview. I can't wait to talk about that next weekend. But today, what we're going to talk about is this. How do you and I keep saying yes to Jesus when life gets overwhelming? Just think about that for a moment. How do you and I keep saying yes when you got baptized or maybe for some of you here today, you're tuning in online and you said at the beginning of the year, I'm going to start going to church. I'm going to start reading my Bible, right? Then you open to Genesis 1. You're like, what in the world, right? You know what's going on? Or maybe you got to Leviticus and you went, I don't even know what's going on right now. And we go, how do we keep saying yes? Do you see that bird? <laughs> you all thought I was just lying. You're like, this pastor. No, I'm serious. Now, eyes on the pastor. Now, I'm saying, hey, Lord, help us, all right? Help us today, right? This is just where we're at. But how do we keep saying yes when we're overwhelmed, when we're literally, I mean, this is the best sermon illustration in the world. Only God can do something like that. But here's the thing. You and I, we get overwhelmed. There's distractions. And how do we keep saying yes? I think this is why comfort food is such a big deal for all of us, whether it's little meals or, or snacks or this or that, because we go, when life feels out of control, we're like, man, little Skittles, man, they make me feel good, right? You know, that's why I love going to my grandma's house, man. They had those individual Reese cups, right? And it's just, man, there's something about a Reese cup, man. It just makes you feel good. You ever been so tired, though? That, that it wasn't about comfort food. You've been so exhausted. You've been so tired that when somebody came up to you and they said, hey, where do you want to go to eat? Or what, what do you want for dinner? You were so tired. You just went like, it's just food. I, I, got, I got nothing. I, I, I got my, my brain. I'm so tired. I can't even think what I want to eat. And, and too many times, this is what I've missed in my life. When I've got to that place, there's something that Jesus wants us to do. Maybe you're there today, you're going, Nate, it took everything in me to show up or it took everything in me to tune in online right now because, Nate, I am so overwhelmed. And here's the good news. Jesus is going to show us what to do when you and I are overwhelmed today. This is why he's saying, I want you to root your yes in me. Did you know that Jesus got overwhelmed in life? Do you know that Jesus got exhausted in life? And you're like, no, 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 don't say that about Jesus. No, 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 it's not because he was weak. It was because he became fully human. He was fully God, and yet he was fully man, which meant this. Jesus needed sleep just like you and I need sleep. Jesus needed alone time with his heavenly father just like you and I need our alone time with our heavenly father. No matter how extroverted we are, man, we need time away from people. And what we're going to find is this. Jesus, what I'm going to talk about here in a second, if you feel overwhelmed today or just exhausted, what we're going to find and what Mark points to is 14 times throughout the book of Mark, Jesus did something that deepened his yes in God. If you have your Bible, I want to invite you to open to Mark chapter 1, and it's going to reveal what you and I can do to keep deepening our yes, no matter how tired we are today, no matter how exhausted we are today. If the person sitting next to you is asleep, just take notes for them, give them to them after the sermon. They probably need that nap right now. But listen what it says in Mark chapter 1, verse 32. It said, that evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. 
you just imagine that scene for a moment? A hospital and an exorcism, right? Here's this whole scene. All these people start coming and the whole town gathered at the door. And Jesus healed many who had various diseases and he drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. Sometimes people go, man, I bet you after the Saturday night service, I bet you just go home and you sleep like a rock. And I go, well, actually for a while, it's called the ministry high because the adrenaline is just pumping, man, right? This is so exciting to be with you guys, so excited to talk about Jesus. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's like, right? You just hit the wall and you're just done. And I can just imagine Jesus in this moment, the whole town has come, people are being healed, demons are being cast out, new life is taking place. I can only imagine the disciples' eyes going, this guy's for real? This is unbelievable. These people have been exhausted, they've been overwhelmed, and now they're coming in contact with Jesus. And then verse 35, I think Mark does this very intentionally. And very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone's looking for you. The whole town, they're looking. Can you, can you just feel that pressure? Everybody's looking for you. Listen to what Jesus says. And Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also because that is why I have come. And so he traveled throughout Galilee preaching in their synagogues, driving out demons. Let's not miss this for a second. I think Mark's doing this very intentionally. Jesus just told everyone no. Here, who here, like, like me, you're kind of a bit of a people pleaser, right? right? You're like, I don't really want to, but I'm going to raise my hand for you, Nate, because nobody else is raising their hand, right? You know what I'm saying? You're like, you're like that type of two people pleaser. You're like, I know the answer, but I'm just, I'm just I don't want to make you mad, so I'll, I'll just do whatever you want. And what's fascinating in this moment is Jesus tells everyone no. He tells everybody no. And you're like, the audacity. The, how, how could he tell everybody no? You know Why? Because God told him a very specific yes. See, this, in this moment here, sometimes we get overwhelmed and we don't know what to say yes to and we don't know what to say no to. And when I was reading this passage, I, I love that it's about prayer. And then I'm like, okay, God, well, just give me the prayer that Jesus prayed so then I can do what it is. And do you realize it doesn't say what Jesus prayed? I'm one of those guys. My like, God, just tell me what to do. I'll do it. Just tell me what to pray. I'll pray it. Doesn't say what he prayed. I think this is what Mark is getting us to, and you may wanna write this idea down because this is what Jesus did when he was overwhelmed and exhausted. And this is, this is one of the things about prayer that's so unique is this. It is important for you and I to talk to God. It's important for you and I to talk to God. But it's even more important for you and I to listen to God and allow God to talk to us. Too many times I've only let prayer be about me talking to God. And I've not made time to let God talk to me. I remember before I moved here, my wife and I had resigned from the church where I was at in Illinois. I didn't realize you're supposed to resign with the job lined up. 
And I'm like, oh, you know, they ask the question, how long you see yourself here? I'm like, man, I'm not sure. They're like, well, we're, then we're not sure. And I'm like, okay, I resign. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't know you're supposed to get another job. And, uh, and so I was in this, you know, opportunity and there was an opportunity that opened up here and I prayed about it, went through the interview, got offered the job. And, and my wife and I, Ruthie, we, we took a day. We said, hey, before we say yes, before we say yes to, to this job, let's just take a day to pray and fast and listen to what God has to say, whether he's gonna say yes or no. We both took a day to pray, eyes on the preacher. I know this thing's going crazy, man, right? And we, we both took a day to pray. We didn't talk to each other about it. We prayed, we fasted, we came back together. At the end of the day, we said, what did God tell you? And this was so fascinating. He told us both the same answer. And this was the answer. It blew our minds. He didn't say yes or no. You know what he told both of us? I want you to want me more than you want the answer. So yes or no? I want you to want me more than you want the answer. Ruthie and I wanted an answer. God wanted more than what we wanted for ourselves. See, this is the power of prayer. This is why in this passage, you don't know what Jesus prayed. What you know is this. After he spent an entire night healing people, helping people, he got away to be with his heavenly father. You know how he said no to everyone is because he let God speak to him. He took his yes. Here, here's what we need to understand about prayer. This is why we're going, man, God, you want to talk to us? Well, if God wants to talk to us, this is why we need to understand. Because prayer is our priority as followers of Jesus. Prayer is our priority. Prayer is what makes us go as followers of Jesus. Prayer is what Jesus gave his attention to. Did you see that phrase? Very early in the morning. Very early in the morning. Jesus is going first day after a long night of ministry, after healing people, helping people. Man, very early in the morning. I was reading one of my favorite authors that writes about prayer. His name is E.M. Bounds. He wrote in the 1800s. And listen what he says about prayer. He, he says this. He says, if God is not the first in our thoughts and efforts in the morning, he will be in the last place the remainder of the day. What he's saying is this. He's going, you need some Ricky Bobby theology here, all right? If he ain't first, he's last. And Ian Bounds is going, listen, hey, we got to pay attention. God's got to come first. God, you know, this is the statistics that are coming out now. This is amazing. You guys will know this as soon as I ask you. 80% of people do this the first thing in the morning. Anybody guess what it is? Check your phone. 80% of us now. First thing, now here's the danger about it. I'm not against technology, all this other stuff. Here's the thing, technology is never neutral. You know what technology does to us? It creates emotion. If the first thing you do is open up your phone and you realize nobody has texted you, nobody has messaged you, nobody has added you, you know what it makes you feel like? You're a loser. Nobody's thinking of me. Or if you open up your phone first thing in the morning, all you do is start reading and all your emotions, well, how dare they? Oh, here we go again, ba 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 right? And your next day, I mean, you walk out of your door and you're already fuming, right? You're like, well, what went wrong? Check, check my phone. <laughs> and see, this is why in this moment, this is one of the phrases I just have myself because man, it is such a, I'm such an introverted person. I love to, to text all this other stuff. And this is one of the phrases I just put in my own mind. It's called PBP, pray before phone. Just Nate, pray before phone, grab the phone because I don't want to wake up Ruthie, going to make the coffee, I turn on the flashlight. First thing I want to do is I want to check my email. I want to start knocking things out. That's how I'm wired. PBP, 
Pray before phone. God, I got my phone. But Lord, I want to hear from you today. No, no, today is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. God, this is your day. Whatever comes my way, you're going to help me through it. Today is yours. I'm going to walk with you. This is what I begin to study as I look at the life of Christ. This is what's amazing about Jesus. It wasn't just in this one moment that he prayed. Jesus did everything through prayer. He started his ministry with 40 days of fasting and prayer. He got away in the book of Mark 14 times to pray. It says this, that he spent an entire night praying and fasting before he selected his 12 disciples. Jesus never made a big decision in life without prayer. You and I don't do that either, do we? Every big decision, man, we are committed to prayer. Even at his arrest, you know where they arrested him? In his place of prayer. They go, I know what he's doing. He's, he's praying. Let's go arrest him where he's praying. And you know what he finished his life doing on the cross? Praying. Father, into your hands, what? I commit my spirit. The last thing Jesus did was pray. The first thing Jesus did was pray. I don't mean to steal too much of the interview, but I loved it. Uh, Tom Allen was very honest and open about his life. And he said, if you see me walking the sidelines on TV and it looks like I'm talking to myself, he said, I'm not crazy. He said, I'm praying. He said, because in the game of football, you got to make split second decisions and I'm praying nonstop. God, would you give me wisdom right now? God, would you help me right now? God, help me, help me. I got to do this. I got to do this. God, help me. I, I, I need your help. He said, I'm constantly praying. Here's what I've learned about prayer. Either we have to take time to pray or here's what's going to happen. Time will take us. You and I either need to start taking time to pray. Even if we're not good at it, don't worry. We're going we're gonna to look at this. I'm going to give us some ways through scripture that helps us pray. But if we don't take time to pray, I'm telling you, here's what's going to happen. Time is going to take us. This is what happened in Mark chapter 9. The disciples were sent out to heal and to cast out demons and to heal people in the name of Jesus. And they were doing that. And then in Mark chapter 9, there was a boy who had a demon and they couldn't cast it out. Jesus shows up, he cast out the demons and it says in Mark chapter nine, verse 28, that they, they kind of pulled Jesus aside afterwards and this is what they said. They said, hey Jesus, why couldn't we drive out the demon? Why couldn't we do it? We used to do it, why can't we do it? Listen to what Jesus told him. He said, this kind can only come out by prayer. So he tells him. And you go, well, were they not praying or what was the deal? No, this is what Jesus was saying. Guys, you used to pray and do things in my name. Now you just do things in my name without prayer. Jesus says, if you want to do what I've called you to do, you deepen your yes in prayer. Uh, I love and I hate this quote. It's from Ann Voskamp, phenomenal author. She said this, if you keep finding yourself saying this phrase, I'm too busy, I'm too busy, I'm too busy, replace it with the word priority. And so instead of saying, I'm too busy, say this, it's not a priority. Do you pray? Oh, I'm just too busy. Do you pray? No, nah, it's just not a priority. Totally convicted now, right? Man, I, I'm just too busy to, to do this. No, nah, it's just not a priority. See, this is what I love about the life of Jesus in the midst of being overwhelmed with life, the midst of the whole town coming after him. Everybody wants a piece of you. 
he gets away and he prays. He allows the Father to speak to him. Another thing, though, that I, I noticed in this, it's not just that prayer is our priority. Here's what we need to do. Prayer needs a place. Did, did you see what, what it said here? Jesus got up and he left the house and he went off to a solitary place where he prayed. We're praying that this journal, even if you just download the PDF online, we're praying what this will do is this. I sit in our living room. We've got a little chair. I got a little heater, put the coffee on. And I love just sitting with this journal. Confession, I missed Friday. I was out of town, all right? So some of you are like, I haven't even cracked it. We're in the same boat. Don't worry, all right? right? Don't, don't, don't worry about this. If you miss a day, don't worry. God loves you. Start the next day. But there's something about a place. There's something. It doesn't mean you can't pray throughout the day if there's moments that come up. But what happened was there was this in, intentional time that Jesus said, I, I've got to get up and I've got to get to a solitary place. I got to get away to a quiet place. When I had a chance to go over to Israel to walk where Jesus walked and to see what he did, uh, you know, we always heard that he prayed in, in the Garden of Gethsemane. That's where he was arrested. I, I want to show you a picture of the view from the Garden of Gethsemane. Place matters, doesn't it? Can you just hear Jesus sitting here praying this prayer to God? of weeping, Jerusalem, oh Jerusalem, how I long to gather you. Can you hear Jesus praying that now, looking at the temple, going, oh God, would you save this city? Would you capture these people? Boy, we, we pray differently when we pull up, maybe for you, when you pull up outside of your place of work and you look at your building what, what if you began to do it? When you got to work, you just, you pulled up and you looked at your building and you said, God, would you speak to me today to help bring your name into this place today? See, this is what Jesus was doing. He was getting away to a solitary place. He was getting away to say, Jesus, Jesus was going, God, I want to hear you. Too many times, this is what I thought about prayer. I thought prayer was just to quiet our soul. You know what prayer is about? Prayer is about creating a quiet place because our souls are very loud, aren't they? Our souls, man, we've got a lot of emotion going on. We've got a lot of feelings going on. Can I just give you some encouragement today? Listen to how Jesus prayed. Hebrews chapter five, verse seven. This is how Jesus prayed. This is what the writer of Hebrews says. It says, during the days of Jesus's life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions, listen to this, with loud cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. Do you know that Jesus prayed with loud cries and tears? You know what that does for us? That gives permission for you and I to pray with loud cries and tears. See, when we pray, when we get away to a solitary place, this is what's happening. We're allowing God to speak to us. It's, it's good and important for you and I to talk to God. It's even more important for us to allow God to talk to us. This is why in Psalm chapter 23, one of our favorite Psalms, but listen to what it says. It says this in verse two through three. It says, he makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. And then listen to what it says. And he guides me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Now here's the thing about this language and this kind of sheep 
thing, you know, we go, okay, what, what, what's the deal about besides quiet waters? Did, I didn't know this until I started studying this a little bit. Did you know that sheep get spooked by crazy loud water? They won't drink. Sheep won't drink around loud water. And so the shepherd has to take them further down the creek to where it's quiet. And now the sheep can drink. See, we have a heavenly father who's going, I want you to come away. I know your life is loud. I know it's crazy. What I want for you is this. I want you to come away with me so you can hear me. Oh, offer up your prayers. But man, I want to talk with you. You. And you know what's fascinating? Jesus gets up very early in the morning and he goes away to a solitary place and he prays and he starts praying. And guess what happens? Just like it happens to you and me, he got interrupted. You ever do that, man? You wake up, you set the coffee early. It's 530 in the morning, whatever it is, right? And you're going, this is the day. And something, you oversleep your alarm, right? And you got to run out of the door and you, you were going to pray for three hours, right? Let's do the preacher count. I mean, oh man, I was going to pray for the whole day, you know? And we're, we're going we're gonna to pray, man. We miss this and things go distracted. I think this is why I love flying on planes uh, because uh, one, what happens is when I sit on a plane, man, I, I'm too cheap to buy the Wi-Fi, And so my phone doesn't work. And I just sit there and I start getting perspective and nobody can contact me. And it always happens. The person next to me asks the question, well, what do you do? I'm a pastor. That's the end of that conversation. You know, and they're like, oh boy, right? Sorry I even asked there. And I'm like, yep, see you when we land. Okay, got it, right? But there's something, something about a place where we just get quiet. We begin to focus on the Lord. Because what happened was this, when he got away, everybody is looking for you. And what did Jesus say? Nah, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. Because that is why I have come. What happened in this moment is this, Jesus didn't just talk to his father. Jesus let his father talk to him. God, that was incredible. We healed a whole village. What do you want me to do next? You know what I want you to do? I want you to go to that next village. For some of you here today, you're trying to figure life out. One of the biggest things that you and I can do is simply this. One, offer our prayers to God, but make room for God to talk to us. Because here's what happened. Prayer reveals God's plan. This is the beautiful thing about prayer. This is where Jesus rooted his yes. He goes, I know everybody wants me over there, but no, because God has said yes to go there. I know it doesn't make sense to you and get ready when you follow Jesus. Not everything's going to make sense to everybody else. Everybody else can go, why'd you do that? I'd love to tell you about it, but the Lord's telling me. The Lord's guiding me. The Lord's speaking to me. And see, here's the thing. Everybody who wanted to spend time with Jesus, nothing was wrong with them. That's a great thing. The only thing is this, and this is what begins to happen. This is why we need prayer in our life. Prayer helps us decide from the good things and the great things. It's not bad that everybody wanted to be with Jesus. That's an awesome thing. What was even more important was what God had for him to do. One of my favorite passages in Acts chapter 15, verse 28 
the early church, the leaders, there was a, there was a group uh, of Jewish people who had become Christians. And at the new member class in the early church there in Jerusalem, what they wanted to do was this, to become a Christian, they wanted to uh, make sure a requirement to become a Christian was circumcision. Nobody came to that new member class for some reason, right? And, uh, and they said, hey, hang on. That's not what it means to become a follower of Jesus. We believe that what Jesus did on the cross pays for everything. This is just about us saying yes to him. And in Acts 15, 28, they make the decision. They go, no, you don't have to be circumcised to become a Christian. You just have to say yes to Jesus and what he did on the cross to set you free. And listen how they explained it. They said this in Acts chapter 15, verse 28. This is how they explained their answer. They said, it seems good to the Holy Spirit and to us. Good to the Holy Spirit and to us. What they're saying is this, we don't make any decisions without first listening to our Heavenly Father. That could be one of the greatest prayers that you pray today. God, here's my situation. Here's what I'm thinking about. Here's what I want to do. Is that good with you? Makes sense to me, but God, it's not about does something make sense to me. God, does this make sense to you? Is God, is this what you want me to do? Here's what I love about the life of Jesus and his prayer in this moment. It reveals his why. Let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also because that is why I have come. You know what prayer does for us? Prayer prepares us for people. That's why prayer is so important. That's why it's our priority. It prepares us for people. Jesus was gonna have to walk into another village. Some villages would reject him. And he would continue to love those who would reject him. Jesus would go on. We're going to find next week. He, he's going to do something radical. And he's going to get rejected by a bunch of people for doing it. But this is what he knows. Prayer has prepared me for people. And here's what I want to do for us today. I want us to take Jesus' prayer from Matthew chapter 6. And I don't want us just to talk about prayer. Here's what I want to do for us today. I want us to take a moment to pray. To pray. And I got an acronym. It's out of Matthew chapter 6. I'm going to put it up on the screen. For some of you, you go, Nate, I, I, I want to go to a solitary place. I want to pray. I, I, I don't know how to pray. This has been one of the easiest acrostics for me to learn how to pray. It's just the word pray. And this is, comes from Matthew chapter 6. And this is what it stands for. When he says the Lord's Prayer, it's about pausing. It's about rejoicing. It's about asking. And then yielding. And when we, you and I, when we make time to pray, this is just a good format for us to experience. Matter of fact, I'm gonna invite you just if you would, would you bow your head with me real quick? And what I wanna do for a second is I just wanna create some room for us to pray. Whether you came in here today overwhelmed or you just came in here excited to worship, you're online, I don't, I don't know what, what's going on in your heart, in your life. But I think the most important thing we can do right now is one, talk to God and then take a moment and say, God, I, I want you to talk to me. And so right now, let, let's just, just practice this for a moment. Let's just pause for a moment. 
to take this in. Realize right now that your creator who loves you and who is with you has not given up on you. And right now, let's just rejoice. Just rejoice, begin to tell God how good he's been to you. Maybe nothing else in your life is good and you just go, God, you're the only thing I can rejoice in right now because of your grace. Rejoice in him right now. Talk to him right now. Let him know how good he is to you. He is our Father that loves us. And He has given us every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. And here's the cool thing about our Father He wants to hear what we need, He wants to hear what's on your heart. Just go ahead and take this moment. Let them know what you need in your life right now. He wants to hear from you. This last word of the acronym is the word yield. Just take this moment right now to yield all your plans, all your feelings, all your fears, all your hurts. Cast all your anxiety upon him, Peter says, because he cares for you. Just take a moment right now and surrender what you need to surrender to the Lord and listen to him. Lord, there's not enough words to say thank you. Thank you for meeting us right where we are. Thank you that you would even listen to the desires of our hearts, the fears of our hearts. And God, thank you for giving us more than what we could even ask or dream for ourselves because that's how good you are. And Jesus, just like you prayed in the midst of a chaotic moment of life and you were committed to prayer, Jesus, that's our ask today. Would you help us 
to talk and to listen to you? Jesus, would you grow us more and more into being a praying church? That we talk with you, that we pray with others, that we're quick to walk the sidelines, we're, we're, we're quick to walk by the cubicles with prayer, we're quick to walk in our homes with prayer, we're quick to walk in our city with prayer. Jesus, you are with us and you lead us. And right now, Jesus, we say, you are our yes. And so may your kingdom come and may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And all God's people said together, amen. May we go and be people of prayer this week. God bless you guys. Let them talk with you. We'll see you next weekend.